realist, chances are you're going to be the same way. If you are from a loud-spoken family with very emotional, then chances are you will be emotional as well. You don't have to know a lot about a person to know where they're going. All you have to do is listen to the sound that they are making. Listen to the sound that are what they are saying and you will know where a person is going. Sound is very important in our lives. It is, it is used uh, for many things. One of the things that I want to focus on here this morning is sound is used to awake you. To awake you. When I was growing up, we didn't have these cute little alarm clocks that we have today. The ones, you know, that, that are nice and, and um, they, it's the reason why people sleep through them sometimes is because they're real nice. You know, they start off real soft and then they build their way up and you just get used to the sound and just stay there asleep, <laughs> right? Uh, but a real alarm clock has two things. Number one, it's loud, right? And number two, it's annoying. Amen. I'm not talking about, you know, a lullaby that's supposed to wake you up or one of your favorite songs that wakes you up. I'm talking about an alarm that goes off that causes you to wake, be startled out of your sleep. Uh, does anybody remember those kind of alarm clocks? <laughs> they were annoying. They were so annoying that you did not dare just lay there because you got up and got that thing shut off because it was loud and it was annoying. And the alarm is not meant to allow you to remain in the state that you are in, but it is meant to startle you. It is meant to bring you from one state to another. It is meant to bring you from a state of unconsciousness to a state of awareness. And so there is a sound that is being released today that I believe it is being released to awaken us. Our text today talks to us about ten virgins. There was five wise and there were five that were foolish. The Bible says that while the bridegroom was gone away that all of them fell asleep. In fact, it says that they slumbered and they slept. This word by definition, slumber, means to sleep lightly, to doze, to slothful, be slothful to be negligent in a negligent state, to lie dormant, to be in a state of inactivity. And I believe this is a picture of a lot of people today. They believe in God, even have a relationship with God, but in this story it says that the bridegroom delayed his coming. Many people have fallen into a state of slumber because Jesus has delayed his coming. Because we have seen most of us have heard the gospel message. Is it not true? We have heard it all of our lives, in fact. And I remember as a kid growing up, whenever they preached on the coming of the Lord so much that, that uh, nearly a day would not go by that you didn't think this might be the day the Lord was coming back. Huh? They even wrote songs about it. This is the day the Lord is returning. What a beautiful day for the Lord to come again. And your mindset was that Jesus could return at any time. 
Am I telling it right? That he could come at any moment and even we would, there would be uh, every once in a while in our home church, we would, uh, uh, I called him the reaper preacher. Whenever, he, whenever it was announced that he was preaching, you knew it was going to be gloom and despair and agony. That it was going to be about the, you know, the great whore of Babylon coming and there's going to be a, a black horse riding in and people are going to be slain and dead and, and it, it, was, it, was, it, it would scare the hell out of you. I mean, it was, it was a mess. But, but, but we, 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 that was the one side of the pendulum. But now we've swung to the other side of the pendulum until we never hear about the coming of the Lord. Until we never hear about Jesus returning. Until we don't hear anything about the last days. Amen. And I don't claim to be a prophecy preacher. I believe that to those who are the professionals at it. But one thing I know is this, that Jesus is going to return. Amen. In the, in the uh, early years of my life anyways, it became a great theological debate on the coming of Jesus. And there would be a, a division in the church even about if they were pre-trib or post-trib, right? And now we've got another theological discussion that, that says that he's not going to come to remove us. He is going to come and, and just rule and reign. It don't matter to me if you think it's pre-trib or he's coming that way. All I'm telling you today is however he comes, we have to be ready. We have to be ready. That's the main part. That's the important part. I'm not going to debate. I'm not going to mess around with that because to me it's insignificant. But what we need to know today is that we are ready to go when Jesus comes. Amen. You see here we have to be ready because here's the truth. Jesus is coming. Amen. And in this story the bride was in this state of slumber. In this place of a light sleep. You know how it is when you're just dozing, when you're in and out. You you're, you're may be awake, but you're not at yourself. You're not thinking straight or properly. Amen. And you don't know what is going on, even though that you may be in some state of awareness. You still don't know because you're in this drowsy state. You're in this place of inactivity. And so that, that, that is where the bridegroom was whenever, uh, or, or excuse me, where the bride was when the bridegroom is returning. But God loved them so much, even though all of them was slumbering and all of them was sleeping, that he sent an alarm. He sounded an alarm. He gave a wake-up call. He gave opportunity for those who were prepared, even though they were sleeping, to wake up and respond to the call. There's a lot of dormant, inactive, drowsy saints today. Amen. What we are hearing in this last day, what we are hearing in these times, and what we are seeing is the Holy Spirit alarm clock that is going off to awaken a dormant and a slumbering church. That we will wake up from the slumber, amen, because you see God didn't send it, but God will use it. 
I said God didn't send these things to the world, but he will use them. And I remember the sounds and the alarms that have gone off in my lifetime. I remember as a young preacher when Desert Storm took place and, and how that I was in a revival in Beckley, West Virginia. And I, I left the news media on that night. You know, that was before we had 24-hour news. It, and the, the evening news had come on before I went to church. And I remember vividly as it talked about and showed that we had gone into war. It was the first war that my generation had remembered or understood and whenever I got to the church that night there was not a place to sit people standing everywhere it was completely packed I, I believe I could have said that Mickey Mouse and people would have come to get saved that night amen because people as minds were turned toward God. People was looking for they, something had happened. There was an alarm that went off that caused people to become God conscious and God aware. Amen. I remember as I preached the, the best that I could that evening and the altars were full. In fact, two and three deep in some places where people came to cry out to God and ask forgiveness for their sins. 9-11 shows up. I'm talking about sounds in America. 9-11 shows up. It's not even a Sunday. It's not even a Wednesday. It's a middle of the week type thing. And they're calling me and saying, Pastor, can we open the church for prayer? And with, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have all the media. We didn't have all the ways of communicating that we have today. But without a notice, without putting out a call, without putting something on the media, the church filled up that night for people just to come and pray. When was the last time you seen a, a prayer service slam packed? You see, it was an alarm that went off in our nation that said we need to turn our hearts back toward God. We need to look to Him. And, and I remember that so vividly. And, and I remember the alarm clocks. I was thinking the last couple of weeks of how the sound, the sound of alarm has been going off in our nation for so many years. And it seems as though that we will be tentative for a moment yet to turn away again. And even uh, not just turn away, but even go further away than we've ever been before. But I want you to know that the alarm God's grace and his mercy continues today. And we are seeing today, uh, I won't for the sake of time, I'll just share a few examples. But we are seeing today a, a political wickedness like we have never seen before. We have seen the removal of the Ten Commandments in courthouses. We have seen the taking of anything, the mention of God out of their agendas in their conventions. And this should be a deafening alarm that is going off on the inside of us that says that we need to awake from our slumber and from our sleep. But we have never faced what we are facing and what we are dealing with in our nation today. We have never seen the likes of what is going on, not just in my generation, but any generation. 
You have never heard of what we are dealing with today because in this day in which we live, America in 2020 is freeing prisoners while they're arresting pastors. In America, they're freeing prisoners and arresting pastors. That should be an alarm that is going off in our spirit that says something is not right. Something is going on. You see, I'm telling you today, and I told you I try to keep my personal thoughts out of it, but I'm so convinced today that what we are dealing with, and I understand this virus is it's real. I understand people have lost their lives, but I'm here today to tell you that, that what we're dealing with this morning is more spiritual than it is viral. That there is a spiritual alarm clock that is going off in our nation that is saying, awake you that has slumbered and sleep. Sound the alarm in the where? In the holy mountain. For the day of the Lord has come. You see, it has to come to the house of God first. We have to wake up in his house. We have to get real in his house. We have to have a relationship of knowing him in his house before we can ever help the world. And there is an alarm that is shaking and awakening us. It is a sound that says you've got to wake up out of your slumber and your lethargic spirit and begin to follow Christ with your whole heart amen while the alarm is sounding no one's talking about the signs that are taking place the signs in the heavens the signs in the sky over Israel nobody is talking about the earthquake that happened I believe it was on the Richter scale of number of a 10 I remember it was something crazy. Signs of the time. Signs of the time. I quote, I see a plague coming to the world and the bars and the churches and the government is shutting down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it has never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles. And repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit. And out of it will come a third great awakening that will sweep America and the world. This was not written yesterday. This was written 34 years ago in 1986 by a prophet named David Wilkerson. You see, today we, are, we, 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 we have forgotten where we've come from. We've forgotten what we're all about. And I, I say we because I thank God for the awakening. I thank God for the sound. I thank God for the alarm that he is, he is sounding in our nation today that will return us to a heart after God. Amen. You see, this alarm is causing people who haven't thought about God for years to reevaluate re their priorities. It's causing people to remember the word that was planted inside of them even as a child. We've got a generation of people today that, that, that are not in the household of faith, that are not followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they have been taught the ways of the Lord. Amen. They, have, they, they went to uh, Sunday school. They went to church as a child. 
Amen. And what they don't understand is this, that there was a deposit, there was a seed planted on the inside of them many years ago. And even though they may have rejected it, even though they may have turned away, the Holy Spirit knows exactly every seed that has been sown. Amen. And he's going to go after a harvest. Glory to God. He's going to hear the prayers of mothers. He's going to hear the prayers of grandfathers. He's going to answer the prayers of brothers and sisters and mamas and daddies and even though they may be even gone on to their reward the Holy Spirit knows where that seed has been planted and he's going to go and he's going to touch their hearts again and that seed that was planted that word that was planted is still alive hallelujah and when the alarm clock goes off of the Holy Spirit when the sound resonates they're going to remember that sound it's going to sound like when they heard the singing it's going to hear the sound of the preacher it's going to hear the sound of their Sunday school teacher and it's going to remind them of how good God is and who he really is in their life and it's that Holy Spirit's going to call them back to a place of repentance so they can have a relationship with Father God Amen you see this sound is an alarm it's an awakening to complacent Christians that have just fallen asleep in the arms of a sinful-filled nation that has lost its moral compass when we no longer know what is right and what is wrong, when we don't know what is truth and what's a lie, when we don't know how we're supposed to live. Amen? Used to be People would know how to be nice. Amen. Used to be people would know how to help one another and take care of one another. But today, if you're going to have that kind of culture, you've got to teach people how to be nice. You've got to teach people how to care for one another. You have to teach people, you know, and just examples, you know, somebody uh, loses a family member, somebody dies. You know, it used to be that everybody in the church would go to that funeral. Not anymore. It doesn't mean that we don't care or concern, but it just doesn't do that. People would take, you know, they would help one another. Somebody get out of work or somebody, you know, have problems. They would help one another and get people through the problem. But, but we don't have that kind of thing anymore. you got to teach that. It what was used to be natural. This is what I'm trying to get across. What used to be natural now has to be taught. used to be a moral compass that even, even folks that were, were sinners would come to church. Amen. I remember when it was, and excuse me for reminiscing, but I remember whenever it was weird for people not to go to church. Amen. Mom's here, she can tell you. I remember there's one person in, that, in, that was a neighbor of ours that didn't go to church. I thought he was the weirdest person in the world. Because everybody went to church, <laughs> right? It didn't mean that you was a Christian, but they had an honor and a reverence for the house of God and for the Lord, even though they may not be living for him. 
They didn't make any quarrels about it. They didn't act like or put on a show. But they just said, you know, uh, we, we, we are not Christians, but we honor, we reverence the house of the Lord. But you're not seeing those kind of things today. But I want to tell you today that in our culture that everything is accepted. If you, you say that you're a Christian, then we are to believe you're a Christian. Even when there is no fruit to show it. And if you ask somebody or question somebody, then they got this favorite thing. Quit judging me. Quit judging me. No, I'm not judging you. I'm concerned about you. Huh? Because what you say you are and the fruit that I'm producing is two different things Then I need to be concerned. Am I really serving God? Whenever I'm saying one thing, producing another, it, 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 something isn't lining up and I need to ask myself the question, am I really doing what I say that I'm doing? Jesus didn't come to make us sin conscious, but righteous. But the Holy Spirit comes to convict us of both sin and righteousness. And whenever he has made me righteous, I've been, I've been born into the righteousness of God. He has made me righteous. We've talked about this. He's made me righteous. Whenever I was saved, I became righteous in Christ Jesus. But it is the righteousness that convicts me that says there's some things that need to change in your life. There's some areas of your life that you just say, hey, I'm not going to focus on this. This isn't my consciousness, but I'm thanking God that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But I understand that there's an alarm that's saying this isn't right. I need to shift this. I need to commit myself in this area more. And in doing so, we see his presence revealed in our lives more and more. The signs of the time are forcing us to have a reality check. Amen. Have a reality check. For the Christian, are we truly putting God first in our lives? There's an alarm being sounded, and it's not just for, for us to be in, in, in fear. I don't believe in that. Fear has torment. Fear is not of God. I refuse to operate in a spirit of fear. Amen. But there is a reality of putting a, and looking in my life and saying, God, is there an area of my life? It is a David that says, let me try it this way. It's a David that said, search me, O God, and see if there is any wicked way in me. Amen. It is cleanse me, O God, purify my heart, my thought process, my mind, my actions. Let it all be to your glory and to your honor. It is putting him first in our lives. Because you see, uh, for some, so many times in our lives, we, we, we say that we're doing something and we really believe that we are, but, but allow the Holy Spirit to search us for real. Let the Holy Spirit search us for real. And if we are not where we need to be with God, then, then cry out to Him. Call on His name. 
Seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is yet near. Amen. And as we call upon him, he will reveal his goodness in our lives. For many people who are away from God or never accepted God, the Holy Spirit is beckoning and calling and pleading with us. Amen. That we look at reality. That, that without him we cannot exist. Without him we cannot make it. We have heard the boisterous, proud, arrogant voices in our nation today that have declared that, that they are greater than God, that they're bigger than God. Amen. But I want you to know that there is only one name. There's not many ways, there's not many avenues, there's not uh, you getting better, you're not going to metamorphosis into a better person. There is only one way that we can be saved and that is through and by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is no other way that we can be born again. There is no other way that we can accept Jesus Christ into our life. And we have to go by the way of Calvary's cross. We have to accept him as our Savior and our Lord. And say, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me and make me whole. Purify my life with your blood. Amen. And call on his name to be saved. Amen. We have to consider today where we are because some people, I was talking to a, a friend of mine the other day, I'm, I'm, I'm working on him, I'm working on him, sharing Jesus with him, amen? And I told him, I said, I'm telling you this because I love you and I don't want to see you die and go to hell. The church today has got so political conscience until we don't want to tell nobody they're going on their way to hell. But the reality of it is we, nobody wants to think about that, right? Nobody wants to think about that. But the reality of it is you've got to do something or you will spend eternity lost and undone in a devil's hell. The reality of it is that, that, that we will go there without doing anything. That you have to do something to get to heaven. And that is you have to surrender your life to Christ. You have to accept him as your savior and your Lord. Amen. And, and what I want to say to you today is simply this. He loved you enough to send his son. And all you have to do is accept that gift in your life. Amen. And you can be redeemed from the curse of the law. Glory to God. You, you, whenever, you, whenever people choose to, to go to, to, to hell, when people choose to not accept or surrender their life to Christ, they will spend eternity in one of two places. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And if we choose hell, we are going there as uninvited guests. Your Bible says that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. Nobody else. And so if we go there, we're going there uninvited. But on the other hand, God made provisions for you and me. Huh? 
Let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. <laughs> For in my Father's house there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Glory to God. You see, he has made preparation. He has made plans. He has prepared a place for you and I. Amen. And all we have to do is call upon the name of Jesus, surrender our life to Christ, and let this journey begin. And to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. And so all we have to do, we have to surrender our lives to him. So I plead with you today. I plead with those who may be watching this by Facebook or listening on the radio to consider the reality of the day that we are living in. Consider the times that we are living in. Because we are coming today into what the Bible calls the end times. The last days. And I tell you today, Jesus is coming soon. The Lord of the church is preparing a bride. There's going to be a quick work that is going to happen in the kingdom. And we're going to see a shift like we have never seen before. You remember the Holy Spirit directed me uh, two months ago to preach a message. And said in three months. Had no idea what we would be facing between then and now. But I knew I heard him say in three months. And there's a shifting that is going on. There's transformation that is taking place. And what has, been, what has come across our land, it, it, it isn't going to kill us. It is not going to destroy us. But it is going to prepare us for something great. Jesus is coming soon. I know you say today, Pastor, I've heard that all of my life and I'd have too. But I've never seen the signs that I've seen today. I know I've used this example before, but I've traveled this country. I've gone all up and down this East Coast, traveled from Maine to Texas been a lot of places seen a lot of things one thing I know about travel is you may be headed out to go to Portland Maine but whenever you get to Charleston you're not going to see no sign that says Portland Maine are you hearing me you can be going to from here to Akron Ohio and even though it may be just a short 300 miles away, you don't see no signs saying Akron, Ohio, when you get to Huntington. But you set your destination, you set your point of destination, and you begin the journey, even though you don't see any signs for it. But you know it's there. Amen. And the closer that you get to where you're headed, the more signs you'll see for where you're wanting to go. As you take this journey and you get 
into, and, and you come across the bridge from West Virginia into Ohio, you'll see signs for Canton. You'll see signs 120 miles, 150 miles, whatever, 120, 100. And then you'll see signs for Akron. And then you see that the closer you get to it, the more signs that you see that you're about to approach where you desire to go. I'm telling you today that the coming of the Lord, that we have heard this message for so long. We have heard that Jesus is coming until we have almost got deafened ears to it. But I'm telling you today, there is nobody in this building or watching today that can tell me that you have seen the signs that we're seeing today of the Lord's return. Jesus is about to come back with a shout, amen, with a sound, a shout of an archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to be with him in the clouds of glory and so shall we ever be with the Lord in the air hallelujah it's there's a sound that is being released and he's preparing us for his soon return I ask you today have you made that commitment have you made that decision have you made that investment in your own life to surrender your life to Christ and no longer that you live, but Christ lives in you? The old church used to say, if you died tonight, to die today, would you spend eternity in heaven or hell? That's a good question, but a greater question is today because Christianity is not about dying. Christianity is about living. It's the, only, it's the only religion that's about living. All the rest of them are about dying. But Christianity is about living. It's about living now, but it's also about living through eternity. Amen? And so today, the question is, not only if you die, are you ready, but are you ready to live? Are you ready to live forever? Are you ready to spend eternity worshiping the Lord and experiencing His presence and His goodness and His mercy? For the one who has accepted Christ as your Savior, my question today is, have you done a, have you done a check lately? Have you got a checkup lately? And for the one who hasn't ever accepted Christ, don't you think it's time? Don't you think it's time? One of the responsibilities of being a pastor, being a minister of the gospel, I'm, there's some joys in it. There's a joy of marrying people and uniting them in relationship there's a joy of dedicating babies there's a joy of baptism but it also comes a responsibility of burial I've never one time never one time ever heard somebody say I wish I would not accepted Jesus so soon Many occasions I've heard people say on their deathbed, I wish I'd have started serving him sooner. I wish I would have surrendered my life to him at an earlier age so that I could have enjoyed this journey more. 
I challenge you today, if you haven't surrendered your life to Christ, today's the day to do it. The sound, the alarm, there is a sound, and that sound is to awaken us out of our spiritual slumber and sleep so that we can respond to his heavenly call. If you're here today and you love God, but somewhere along the way you feel in this Holy Spirit is touching you today and saying, I'm, you've, you're just in a state of slumber. You stayed in a state of sleep, inactivity. You want to just recommit that life, rededicate your way to the Lord today. Today would be a great day to do it. If you're listening by Facebook or on the radio today, you can respond down there. I don't know, maybe the media people can help me, but I want to pray with you as well. Maybe uh, you can just respond down there. You can click in that message or maybe they can get a way for them, you to respond. But I want to respond to you this week. I want to pray with you this week so that, that, that we know that God is working in your life as well. Amen. Let's just stand here together. I sense his presence. It's so good to have you back in this house this morning. So good to have your face here today and to see you. Amen. The Holy Spirit is touching your heart today for one of these two calls to surrender your life to Christ or to say, I just need God to wake up the spiritual person in me, wake up my spiritual man, come out of a slumber, to come out of a lethargic state. I want to surrender all afresh and anew today. Say, sing here this morning if that's you or you're watching by Facebook Live or however you may be listening today. I encourage you today to listen to the sound. Respond to the sound and allow the Holy Spirit to be real in your life today. Amen. Praise God as they sing. Come on today. Respond to him this morning. Restore. 